Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ah, yes. Welcome to the We Got the Chocolates podcast. It's the sports podcast for the non-professionals. If you tried really hard to be good at sport, but never quite nailed it, you're in good company. Check out these less than marvellous bits coming up. So in, in two years' time after my start for Queensland, I was picked for Australia. And that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> sort of look back through this world's worst helmet. We'd never seen anything like it. And he said, I'd have to be quick to beat Fat Booney to it. <laughs> <laughs> so Booney then came in. <laughs> and now over to Lee, Sam and Mitch with the marvellous... We Got The Chocolates podcast. All right. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the We Got The Chocolates podcast. It's episode 64. I'm Lee. I'm Skin. I'm Haz. <laughs> and the reason that that is on last of delay is because Haz is actually not in the studio with us, which is a real shame. Haz, what are you doing? Uh, just sitting at home with my dog, Setch, uh, drinking an alchemy smoothie. I actually mixed oh, the, uh, the banana Has, you with bloody- chocolate today, so yeah. I wish you had told me that you were uh, going to drop it in that quickly. That was in the first 16 seconds. I meant to have the flaming sound effect ready to go. There we go. That's good. <laughs> you got to expect it from yeah, me. Don't yeah, you? <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Now, has why you're not with us? Can you tell people that? And the listeners would want to know. Uh, I'm just on a bit of home isolation. I can still go to training and stuff with the with the Queensland Bulls, but um, I'm. Uh, I've been told just I'm a backup player for the uh, the next round of Shield cricket down in Adelaide, so not going down at this stage. But um, but yeah, if there is an injury or uh, illness in the in the squad, then then I might get the call up. So I have to uh, have to follow the quarantine rules for that Adelaide has put on the uh, the cricketers going down there. Well, has uh, what we do have coming up is quite exciting. It's a shame that you're obviously not going to be a part of it. One person on the phone is enough. Um, so has is about to depart, but we do have a chat with a guest coming up which is very, very exciting. I think you'll enjoy it a great deal. It's a normal length episode, um, but the whole time is with this particular guest. Yeah, well, good luck, boys. You haven't, haven't done with one without me for a while, and I know I'm no, pretty no. important with that with that dynamic, so all the best. I'll be honest, as Mitch looks pretty nervous. He hasn't spoken yet. We know how <laughs> abnormal that is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Hats, we're saying goodbye to you, mate, and we'll say hello to our guests. See ya. See ya. 
All right, guys. Today we are again in the very fortunate position of getting to have a chat with a guest, Mitch. Uh, what I love most about being out of school and uni is that um, you can actually use Wikipedia as a reliable information source, which is great news. So Wikipedia, about this man, what it says is that he has played 119 test matches uh, and 168 one-day internationals for Australia, an additional 55 first-class matches and 31 one-day games for Queensland. Uh, 560 catches and 68 stumpings in total when he was wearing Australian colours and his post-cricket career was inducted into the Australian Cricket Hall of Fame in 2008. He's been a successful cricket commentator and worked for Channel 9 in multiple roles. He owns a car washing business and recently began working in radio. Mitch, if you haven't worked it out, our guest today that we're fortunate enough to have a chat with is Ian Healy. Heels, have we got you there? You have. Uh, lovely to be with you, Bucks. Yeah. Uh, and just those statistics are probably right, but my mother wrote the rest of it. It really paints you in quite a nice light, Hills, because we, we like to pride <laughs> ourselves on um, on sort of trying a lot of things here. But I guess the difference between us and you is that you're actually good at them, which is annoying. <laughs> Well, we'll see. We'll see how you go. You'll be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, he was, has, who is obviously normally with us, Sam Hazlitt, he has been ruled out due to the quarantining situation, um, having to sort of self-quarantine in case he ends up going down to Adelaide. Uh, so we're without him tonight. But I guess that gave us a bit of a opportunity to ask you, as a man who's, who's worked plenty in cricket, how do you sort of think that Cricket Australia's done with, with this sort of setup and making sure that we've got some cricket on and have access to being able to watch some and for the players, obviously, being able to play in some. Are you happy with sort of how it's all been handled? Well, no, I reckon we've struggled. Um, I think we could have had a little more clarity after watching what AFL and, and NRL had done, but we also have to make it very clear there's really difficult layers to cricket that those two comps haven't got. So we've got a very strong international flavour that we've got to cater for outside our domestic comps. So we're always getting international teams into the summer. Our big bash is full of international players that we all want in the comp. So therefore, quarantining and uh, making sure that those international players um, you know, get looked after in that quarantine process, mm. even if they can't get it trimmed, is a quite a difficult challenge uh, when cricket is talking with managers and, and team managers and boards from international places. So it's a very difficult thing. So whilst I think we've struggled a little, we've struggled, I'm not sure whether you could do it any better. I just would have liked to have seen the Adelaide Hub organised earlier. I think that's a good way to go. And what are we doing with the Marsh Cup? What's it all going to cost? It was. It took a long time to to uh, release what it all was costing, and it's a lot. So can we afford it? That's the next thing. It's going to be an expensive summer, but we're getting there. And Hills, what actually is, like I know we sort of mentioned your Wikipedia page there, but what, what does your day actually consist of now? Obviously, that you're sort of not commentating as much. I mean, I saw you at Queensland Cricket last Tuesday and you're wearing a suit and you had a name tag on, which seemed unnecessary because it's at Queensland Cricket, so I feel like people would know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but what sort of things are filling up your day, mate, for you to be obviously so knowledgeable about that sort of stuff? Well, uh, um, right, my day is radio. We le- leave home about uh, 5.15 and go and do a two-hour radio stint. Jeez. At the other end of the day to you blokes, you do it in the evening, that's yeah, it. Yeah, um, that's right. exactly. So we did two hours first thing with Paddy Walsh on SEN. 
which is just two hours sport talk. Um, then yeah. I basically go into my small business, so which is the Hobbies Car Wash uh, chain. Yeah. Um, and the Greg Chapel Cricket Centre chain is one that I'm an owner and director of. So that could pull me somewhere during cricket season. Um, I, I think uh, then uh, that thing at uh, Allen Field w- would have been a farewell uh, little function for the WBBL, our Brisbane Heat girls. Brisbane Heat girls, they, yeah. they were They were having a centre wicket practice and we had the sponsors and stakeholders and supporters and some staff all together to see the, the end of that and farewell them before they go into six weeks in the hub. And it's a, it's longer than six weeks if they make the finals. And I told them if they don't make the finals, you can stay there for 12. <laughs> so so um, that and then, you're, then, you know, I, I'm now on the Queensland Cricket Board so that takes up some time. But I do crave a routine at times, yeah. but as soon as I have routine for a little bit of time, I'm ready to go uh, chaotic again. You know, I, <laughs> I can be anywhere in any given day. Yeah, okay. That's fair, very fair. The Brisbane Heat girls started very well the other day too, winning their first fixture. Yeah, they did play played really well. They got washed out today, the, the second game. I thought that was going to be a big game to look for. Uh, the Renegades, to me, look as if they've uh, got a better team this year and could be a handful. Yeah, um, so it was good to dispatch a Perth and get through the Beth Mooney game. Um, and I, th- I thought the Renegades was going to be a, a good contest, but it wasn't to be. So, yeah, you know, they'll get a chance to play them again. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I like that. Our team it seems to have stood up and and maintained confidence even without Beth Mooney and Sammy J. Johnson in the team. Yeah, that's right. Couple of big losses there. Now, um, Hills, I've got to get Mitch in, involved here, and uh, the only way I know how because we haven't got Has with us, uh, and it's just me and Mitch. There is a little bit of sort of awkward tension here uh, in that. In that, so you quite and, right. You, you, <laughs> you and Mitch actually do have a little bit of beef, don't you? Now, I'm going to get Mitch to try and tell the story from his perspective, uh, and then maybe get you to just re- rebut. <laughs> rebut. Yes, it. right. Yeah. Okay. Come on, Mitch. Take it away. Why? Why uh, is there friction between you and Heels's relationship? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I was surprised that Heels actually remembered it. It was. It was a big moment in my life. I would have only been about 12 years old, and maybe my second <laughs> second game of grade cricket or something, and come up against a, a stacked north side which had. Ian Healy, which yeah. is quite surprising. Tom Healy was playing uh, up, obviously, as well. That's yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom Healy, I think Lewis and, and Ken Healy as well, maybe. Like, there was, it was, yeah, there was plenty going on. Yeah. Um, and I've, yeah, come out and to bat at some point. I think we were trying to trying to not lose outright, so I'm just bl- blocking the noonger out of them. Like, I would, think I would have been 30 off 150 or something. It would have been painful to watch, to be fair. Um, and <laughs> it does sound like you. Yeah. <laughs> and at some point, I've, uh, we've just had a drinks break, maybe five overs before, and and uh, Rob Carrigan's maybe run two threes in a row. So I just couldn't handle it. So I've called for another drink and copped an absolute hosing from from none other than Ian Healy. So for me, yeah. <laughs> certainly. No, that's right. Left scars for like, a few years. See how twelve year olds don't remember stuff. Uh, right, okay. <laughs> what have I got how wrong? How old are you now, Mitch? Uh, Twenty three now. now. 23, so 10 you were years about thirteen. Or? You were thirteen, maybe fourteen, going oh, okay. on fourteen. So, and geez, you're unfit. So, <laughs> I can so that. That's really true. It actually, you were going pretty well, and it's the first time I have fallen asleep on the field. So <laughs> that was good. Um, but I just heard our short cover fielder, who was Dominic Ovenden, a very good uh, former first grade wicketkeeper batsman for North, and I heard him sort of say, "What, what are you doing?" And uh, and I heard him say, "You better tell the captain. You better ask the captain." And I said, "Dom, what's he what's he on about?" 
and uh, he, he goes, he, he wants a drink. I said, drinks is in 10 minutes' time. Oh, so, yeah. so, and and then, um, uh, who, who was your captain? What was Rob, his name? Carrigan? Rob Carrigan. Yeah, I think it would Rob, be. He's the nicest man on earth. Yeah, yeah. Rob, Rob said, oh, he's been playing juniors all day and he's he's like he needs a, needs a drink. He's tired. And I said, he's tired because he's unfit. Like, <laughs> And and the more you give him drinks, that he's not going to get any better. That was the hosing. That's it. That's okay. all it was. Oh, so Mitch has put mayo on it. You didn't even say that much wrong here. <laughs> no, I said what every person would have said. That was maybe over fifteen. Maybe a bit harsh. Bit harsh on the thirteen-year-old. But okay. anyway, he was going. He was going pretty good. We needed him out. Yeah. Well, the other thing that you've done is he's always too scared to call for a drink now, so he just nicks off instead. <laughs> no. Well, just still, still unfit. See? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that is get exactly. through the hour, and in in you'll remember now. You might not remember it at the time, but there was only fifty minute drink session or playing sessions. Did you remember that? Yeah, it was yeah, every fifty right. minutes we had a drink, yeah, and, and you had else. you had to get a second one in. You're kidding. <laughs> Sorry, but much. now get through the drinks, please, and yeah. you know display a fair bit of uh, you know technique that gets you there. Okay. Yeah. I've spent 10 years here being the protective big brother and now I've jumped a heels aside. I reckon you need to get Yeah, well, I've jumped a heels aside <laughs> now too, actually. <laughs> Scarred me for ages and now I agree with you. So, well done. <laughs> um, but heels, I, I wanted to ask, so obviously you were back playing uh, for North in, in sixth grade at the time. How did that all come about? Like, did you always play for North before your professional career? Or Yeah, so I was a Northie. Um, so my older brother... Uh, we, we had a period of 10 years in the country in central Queensland. Right. So for my ages, it was seven to 17. And I just came, and my older brother had already come to Brisbane, um, you know, at the request or, you know, with the support of Norths to play there. And Norths have always had a very strong country connection to bring kids or, or entice or introduce kids to the city, you know. So so Greg was one of those, brother Greg, um, and so that that's where I was going. So when it was my time, our whole family got transferred back to Brisbane and I did year 12 at Brisbane State High um, and then started playing for North. So I started third grade that, that year and then uh, you know, a couple of years, 81, 82, a couple of years later I had one year at East's because I wasn't going to be the uh, first grade wicketkeeper yeah. in 1983 I, or 2-3, I wanted to be playing first grade so that my credentials would be looked at more favourably in the Australian Under-19 uh, Championships. Right. So my um, North keeper, uh, Brian Phelan, who became a board director of Queensland and Australia, he lined me up to come go to East. So uh, I, I had one year at East and then Peter Anderson was leaving East to play in the Colts setup we had in Brisbane. You go and play a whole lot of good young players get together with a, a mentor and a captain coach and you play in the comp. And so there was a gap at East, so I went and filled that. Then the next year, Ando came back to East and I went to Colts. And then by the time I was finished at Colts, I went back to North. So, yeah, I was a Northie. And then 10 years ago when Mitch was talking about, yeah. uh, we got five parents and five kids of all Mitch's age, probably 14 they were, Jack Presswich and uh, Tom Healy, Lewis Healy, uh, Nick Green and Brady Ovenden. Five dads, and we had a you know a, a player or two with our kid, you know. So yeah. so that team, we had a good year. We had a fun, really really fun year. I, I thought it was going to be a bit hard for definitely us, but but for the kids, they were a bit young. We we came up against Valley's team in the first round out at North Ipswich, 
And gee, they were good. They were like this tall, outswing bowler. I was, I had to bat my bum, bum off to sort of hang in there, you know. And I, I made, I did a hammy and trying to trying to bat for too long, and we got knocked over and and beaten that first round. And I thought, oh, geez, this is going to be difficult. Yeah, right. And we never saw that team ever again. I don't know where those players went to. They must have graded they must up have, a bit. No, they, they must played have played high grades. Yeah. Yeah, fives or fours or threes. They're probably oh, solid third graders, I reckon. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. So we, we had a good, good year. We lost that one, and we ended up playing Valleys in the final at Valleys yeah. and uh, beat them. You know, we had a lot of luck with a first innings lead. Then it rained because their covers were left off, oh, and no. they copped all the pressure. You know, so yeah. so we could sit back and have fun. But four day <laughs> finals in sixth grade. You ever tried that? Yeah. What about that? No, no. I haven't tried it in sixth grade. I think I played one in fourth grade. What do you What do you think of that? That blows my mind that, that <laughs> well, we do that. They really it's go a for bit long, I reckon. They do they? Well, we, I don't know. Well, we, uh, we, the one we played in didn't go for four days. It was done after two days. <laughs> I think the other two days were just in case it rained for the first two uh, days, yeah. I thought. But, yeah, yeah, well, that's right. I mean, that, low, anything lower than second grade, they're, they're not that aspirational, are they, to get better with their cricket and bat long long innings and, and get real wicket hauls with the ball, et cetera, et cetera. So oh, I think they could try maybe, especially if they keep it on a first innings basis. It's it's a first innings result, eh? You don't have to get it outright. No, no exactly. So I think three. Maybe if you're going to do four, you probably should cut it to three at least and see how that goes. Hills, I wasn't going to ask this question yet, but uh, you, you're you just talking about your hamstrings there. Um, just reminded me of this, because we haven't got on to any of your sort of Australian stuff, which is probably quite integral. But <laughs> I've been on two separate, well, I've been on two separate Wanderers yeah. tours, right? And you've been there on both occasions. You've come and played a game, and you've done three hamstrings in, <laughs> in those two games that I've and, played with you. Well, you sure? Well, sure, one wasn't a calf. Oh, one might have been a calf. You're right. I think calves. I, I do calves more than uh, hammies. But, okay, okay. Uh, like, I shouldn't have done a hammy this year at Yupoon, eh? No. I, I blocked – what did I block? 20 balls? 20 balls, and yeah. And I ran two twos, and I could feel my hammies gone. And, and then, sure enough, when I ran that last two, I, it, I could feel it going badly. But, but uh, yeah, so it's just – I don't know really what it is. Um, calves were a little susceptible towards the end of my career. Yeah. Um, not so much hammies, but uh, I, yeah, I, I guess wicket keepers we we create a, a bit of an imbalance between your quads and your hammies. Yeah. So you do have to be careful with that. I, I think there's. I can't remember what it is. I think your hammy should be two thirds as strong as your quad or something. Keep so, that balance, and you'll yeah. be okay. Right. So if you can lift sixty k's in a leg press. Leg extension. Yeah, you should be doing forty k's in a leg curl. One, you know, a hammy like curl. A hammy curl. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So as far as I remember, but so I mean, if you keep doing quad stuff, keep keeping, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or you know, I don't think I think your hammies lose lose that strength quicker than your quads, and you can do some dramas running. Yeah, you know, or sprinting. It doesn't look like sprinting, what I do, but, but it actually is. <laughs> well, that's what, I, that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if it like plagued you at earlier stages because actually an interesting stat about your heels is that you were one of only two Test cricketers uh, to be run out in both innings of a Test match twice. 
Yes, I believe so. <laughs> I, I don't remember the second one. I remember one. It was in Guyana against the West Indies. Okay. Uh, got a bit unlucky there, and I was a bit scared. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a bit scared. <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about the second one. I think Mark Taylor's done that too. Where the where the two of them. Yeah, that's, right. that's exactly right. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, then you know that uh, very unlucky on a, a day every now and then, I'd say. But right. uh, no, Pahemis didn't. Nothing plagued me uh, in my day. Uh, so, it, you know, towards the end of my career, you know, a, a muscular niggle would have been the go, but, uh, you know, deal with it. Um, but since my career, uh, yeah, I've done, I've done a few, yeah. you don't do them bad, but you just incapacitate yourself and you can't afford to be incapacitated at all. No. Because you've got with, nothing. Not with that um, day's lineup that you've outlined as well. And well, I don't care about that, but if I'm trying to run incapacitated, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, okay. fair, fair. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um, and while we're talking about your failing body parts here, what about your hands? How did they pull up after 20-odd years or, or how they're pretty good. of keeping? Yeah, they were pretty good. Like um, very early in my test career, I must have been at my most anxious, you know, and that's when my gloves probably weren't soft and I wasn't relaxed enough. And, and probably in the first three years, I reckon I did all the – all troubles to my fingers yeah. uh, and and broke probably a few of them and that didn't matter to me as long as I could keep doing my job um, and, and get your glove on and use your glove like you normally would. That that didn't worry me. So there was well, – my left index finger was badly broken and um, I kept playing with it uh, and it didn't heal very well but uh, we got through, you know. Um, it's got an artificial – joint in the middle of it now which has worked really well it's about 20 years old now so so that the surgeon is extremely happy with that i'm the i am the oldest living recipient of that finger joint that type of finger joint and okay. because everyone who gets it's really old normally <laughs> so i'm the only i'm the longest survivor because <laughs> the others have died anyway but um yeah so he's been really happy with it so it's again it's worked well yeah, it's quite. It's interesting, Gilles, because we we sort of put up something on our socials today saying, "Look, we might be having a chat to Ian Healy. Anything that you'd want to ask, we got asked it about eight times. Like, what, yeah. what about his fingers? <laughs> what about his fingers? So, must be something. Well, it was that left. It was that left index finger that was quite crooked. You know, it used to go over the middle finger. You know, and so 
whenever it was photographed or talked about, that's the one, you know. Yeah. So, and it looked it looked as if all my hands were gnarled and gone, you know. But really, that was the one finger, which is now a lot straighter. So okay. the improvements would be quite stark to those people who remember that old one. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Getting back to where we were, we were talking a bit about how you started off at North. Um, and then can you tell us a bit about what that sort of pathway looked like going from, from playing first grade at North and, and then through, obviously, Queensland into Australia? Yeah, well, getting into first grade was a, a big thing, you know, so that was yeah. good. We've got Shield cricketers uh, going into the top level of Australian cricket without without enough under their belt. That's wickets taken, all runs scored. So so we're rushing them into this professional game. That's that's a little harder than you think. So the, the pathway was just strong through youth cricket. Um, I was a country youth cricketer right up to, uh, well, I represented Queensland under-19s twice from the country and once from uh, uh, the city uh, and then played Australian under-19s to in England. We went to England. So that national-type exposure to certain selectors came in very handy because when I popped up surprisingly uh, in the first-class scene, the chairman of Australian selectors, he, he was able to pull out his old under-19 black book and he goes, I've been wondering where that kid had been, <laughs> and, and so that that was really good. And, uh, he was one of the greats of Australian cricket, a fellow called Laurie Saul, um, and he was a brilliant team manager and and uh, chief selector when he was that. So so that was good. But um, so under nineteens allow you, allows you to play in the Brisbane comp with a bit bit of a reputation. See how you go. Ray Phillips was the number one wicket keeper. Peter Anderson number two keeper. Not sure where I was, but then Ray Phillips retired. They put me into the state squad. Um, and then Ando for two years running. Uh, my dream was to play for Queensland when Ando played for Australia. I thought he was going to be good enough to play for Australia and was. Yeah. But um, And I would get half a dozen games for Queensland, you know. Yeah. So so then as it turned out, Ando got injured. Uh, first year for two games, second year for four games. So in two years' time after my start for Queensland, I was picked for Australia. So everything had to go the right way for me. I had to be up in decent form and take that step up okay. Uh, and I had to get injured for a start. And, of course, they had to be unhappy with the Australian wicketkeeper, so, which yeah. was Greg Dyer at the time, and, and they must have been willing to change. So, you know, I got... I got six games for Queensland, and I was happy happy with that. And I, I kept saying, "Geez, how good's this? Greg Chapel's here again, you know? Like, <laughs> it's unreal. He's my hero." Yeah, and yeah. little, I had no idea he was there looking at me, uh, and to see how I responded to the the games we were playing. And of course, we had Alan Border, who's a national captain. He could keep talking with him. Craig McDermott was a young, young, quick that that I captained in youth cricket. So he was another one providing feedback to Chapel, I'll bet. And, you know, that, that's what gave them the ability to to pick me because uh, he must have got convinced in the, in what he was seeing and hearing. So so uh, that's how I made the Australian team, my first tour to Pakistan, you know. So it yeah. became a little more difficult after that uh, for a couple of years. But, uh, yeah, that's... That was a lucky, a lucky start to everything. And I was going to ask you about those those next couple of years. Like, what were your your first sort of tours like? Obviously, over to Pakistan, it's probably a pretty tough one straight up. But like, were you were you on contract straight away, or how did how did it go for you? <laughs> yeah, what, right. Were the contracts. cricket Australia contracts like that? Obviously, they're different now, Hills. Well, I think so. 
right? But, but we'd, we'd gone through a period of contracts that they'd wasted a lot of money on, and so they'd carved them back. They'd brought them back yeah. to nothing. Um, so, so what I did, I had a tour of Pakistan. Uh, then I came home, played the summer against the West Indies, and then we went to New Zealand, and then we went to the Ashes, where we first won the Ashes back for a long, long time. And I, I think before the Ashes tour, they put most of us on three thousand dollars. Um, but we didn't care about that. We're, that's we're, you know we weren't paying for money, and uh, they do that a bit too often for my liking. This in this generation, but that's a part of life. Yeah. You know, when you got a big envelope, a, a, you know the old yellow envelope, you rush home <laughs> to your wife or your fiance, and you beauty them on contract. We open it up, and she's three grand. You ripper. Um, <laughs> and then after the Ashes win, they decided they bumped us up, and I got a, we were on nine. So that's Mark Taylor, Steve Waugh, myself, Dino probably. Uh, Alan Border was on probably more, but that's it. Um, so, yeah, nine grand. And that was in uh, 1989. So that's just, what's that, 20, 30 years ago now. Not um, that long ago, really. Is no, it? everything happened in cricket in 1997. Okay. okay. So, and and the Players Association stood up. Early 80s, there was one where Greg Chappell handed over to Alan Border. But it didn't, you know, they went through a lot of turmoil in cricket then around that time and Cricket Australia broke it up. Um, and then we finally had a team of performers that might be able to stay together long enough in the mid-90s that we thought this is the time. And there was uh, a lot of headbutts between players and board. We were unhappy and uh, we, we threatened a strike in 1997. But, uh, it, you know, our advice was it never comes to a strike, but the threat of a strike needs to be well organised. And the question is, if you if you don't come back to the table and speak with us along these lines, along these points we're after, then we're going to strike in uh, – and we picked the game in early February, uh, which was going to be a one-day international against uh, West Indies, I think, might have been here that year. So that was that was the plan. And, uh, yeah, we, we got talking again and, and things – very, very slowly got got the way they are now, um, and and money was proportioned into the players and the talent, not just into the coffers of Australian cricket. And that percentage deal, like now, there's a percentage around the 25% mark of Australian consolidated revenue that gets paid paid to the players, and that was all done in 1997 and sort of come into a, a play around the 2000 mark, so just 20 years ago. Holy Moses. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's a very <laughs> massive well, it's a, it's well, Andy, massive, well, I'll tell you the story, about, uh, the story about the strike. Yeah. We're in a Perth test and it's the drinks break in the last session and we waited, Mitch, till it was time, you know. Okay, it's yeah. drinks time <laughs> and we have a drink. Okay, so Andy Bickle runs out as our 12th man and he goes, the details of the strike are up on the telly, boys. And we knew nothing about it, right? <laughs> so Steve War, Steve War is the representative. He's like the secretary of the Australian Cricketers Association at that time, and he had all the forms and all the information in his bag, and he was going to tell us all about it at the end of the test. And someone had leaked. So whilst this test was on, people were going around every state signing up every first-class cricketer that that they would agree to what we were going to um, 
chart, you know, we were going to say we're going to strike. So all the first-class cricketers, of course, had to sign that they wouldn't step into the test team. <laughs> if the test team strike, no one's coming in, right? right. So so they signed all that. got every state cricketer signed up, and one of them must have leaked it. And uh, it, it came out, and then Kerry Packer wanted to know oh, what this was all about. And so that <laughs> night in Perth, we found out what Stephen should have told us a few days before, and uh, we answered the questions of Kerry Packer, and he was more than happy with what the motivations of it. Yeah. And uh, that's when we we started to move. Okay. But yeah, it was it was quite an interesting situation. Stephen's eyes were down at the drinks break. He goes, "Oh yeah, I haven't told you, blokes." Um, <laughs> so it was on telly before we knew it. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. It was. I want to take you in a slightly different direction here. Um, we obviously we we sort of pride ourselves on being the sports podcast for the non-professionals. Um, so we, one of the things I guess that we hold dear in sort of non-professional sport, and particularly cricket, uh, are sort of the, those rivalries and and sledging battles in uh in sort of grade cricket. I guess uh, that you hear sort of great folklore and great stories about. Would you say that uh, your relationship with Azuna Ranatunga was one of the more interesting ones during your career? Oh, probably, but he's one of my closest colleagues, really. And okay. and you you know I'd go to his place or a, a mate of ours um, that were were over in Sri Lanka for chili crab and all that sort of stuff. So the better you know someone. And and you're upset. You can get, you go a bit harder at a bike that you know better than someone you don't know so well. So yeah, there's right. a couple of the Sri Lankans that I knew quite well, and I had a blow up with most of them, you know. Okay. But they were they were giving it to me too. So you know, <laughs> a singer who who lives in Melbourne now, um, we used and there's a strong resemblance between him and Rodney Roode. So we he would say, hey, how you going, Guru? And calling him Rodney Roode all through his innings. Roshan Mahanama was one that, like, he kept bumping me one, you know, if, you know, I was taking the ball over the stumps and he'd run through and just with clip shoulders. He did it about three times at the MCG. So I gave it, gave him a gob for once. And then, of course, Arjuna, who just didn't like running, still doesn't, <laughs> like, he um he could play warning. He was a, a real class player of warning, left-hander, and, and he really read warning and played him extremely well. He, this one night, uh, they needed 175 of 25 overs in a one-day match, and uh, he wanted a runner, and he was about nine not out. And so uh, we had a bit of a run in there. But he, he got the runner, and we finally got him out, thankfully, and it was a pretty nasty game, that one. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, they they could and of course the Australian public what used to rile us a bit was everyone saying oh the poor little Sri Lankans you know and they, well they were given just as good as they got you know yeah, so yeah, right. that tough little tough talented team they had in the early and late nineties I didn't realise that like from like a well, from what I sort of remember being a young kid watching, I wouldn't have known that you were going for chili crab and stuff. I just thought you guys hated each other, especially when that Mars, yeah. bar, the Mars bar story came out. That's one of the greats. Well, that was a Brisbane grade story that I'd remembered that Andrew Cordes had used for university. Oh, so really? against this one you? Particular, no, no, I don't even know who was it against, but but uh, no, not against us. So. Um, <laughs> So I thought oh, I'll use that one day, and sure enough, <laughs> here we go. This this little fella came out the bat with the world's worst helmet on. He was like a dumpy little number nine batsman, left arm orthodox spinner, and and uh, we, Tim May started us off. He said, "Mate, you've been brought up on experimental food, haven't you?" 
And and so that we're all laughing and carrying on around the bat. And we had them seven down, and they needed a, a lot of lot of runs to beat us. And and then he was start, he started to go pretty good. The little lefty, and I, I just sort of stopped at one stage and sort of said, "Warning, I'll put a Mars bar just short of a good length here, and Oompa Loompa will overbalance, go and few bowl the wrong, and we'll we'll stump him." So everyone's laughing and everything like that. Around the bat, we had Tim May, we had David Boone, we had Steve War, Mark War, and then and Mark Taylor, and then. The, the little fellow was out patting down the pitch where I was pointing to, and he sort of looked back through this world's worst helmet. We'd never seen anything like it. And and he said, I'd have to be quick to beat Fat Booney to it. <laughs> <laughs> so Booney then came in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So his name was Cossie Venter. Uh, he used to play for Orange Free State. So we didn't know that at the time, but we all shook his hand and had a beer with him after yeah, that. I was going to say, uh, that's a quick response. Well done. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, yeah, it was very good, and that's what we need. But we didn't know the South Africans knew us as well as they did. There's a few a few retorts like that on that tour where we were sort of pretty brand new to go there. But, you know, there was one bloke that Paul Rifle just he, – he, we allowed the best batsman in the bowling side, which was a new province there in South Africa, to pull out after the toss, you know, because at warm-ups or after the toss he broke his finger or something. Oh. So we, we allowed, yeah, yeah, put another batsman in, no worries. And anyway, he came out to bat and – he was struggling, you know. He was nervous as, you know, and pistols turned him inside out, and he's edging things. And we've got the book running that he won't make less than two, more than two, and less than six. And we're right. running bets in the slips, Gordon, and and pistol ends up. He sneaks one through gully, and pistols lost his money, and he sort of goes, "You're waiting." He was up him as he passed him, you know, to to run past the non-strikers end, and 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 pistol gave him a godfall, and he said, "Well, well who'd you who'd you expect?" Donald Bradman? (laughs) (laughs) The South Africans are right onto us. That's good. (laughs) That's so good. And he also, obviously, as well as sledging, something that sort of seems pretty universal throughout throughout grade cricket is that every club sort of just has like a a typical sort of loose unit that you know is always going to lead the way on a social night out or anything. Um, I was wondering sort of who, who would be that bloke for you going through your career? Is there anyone that stands out? We had a good crew at Norths, actually. Okay. <laughs> so it was it was a great atmosphere to to grow up and come through. We were perennial either semi finalists or just miss out on the last day of the season. We'd come fifth. You know, we did that a fair bit, right. um, but we generally had a good time around around Brisbane. So we played our cricket at Windsor Park. So too did Maine Football Club, oh. and there was a Maine Leagues Club just opposite Windsor Park. So we'd go to Maine for Sunday nights, uh, then into Bonaparte in Spring Hill or the top of the valley. And, and sort of those those nights were great, excellent, <laughs> because a lot of us were either uh, students or, you know, taking days off or, you know, able to take RDOs um, on the Monday. So so Sundays were particularly fond. We've got great memories of them. But, yeah, our... Yeah, I, I don't really know. Lucy, Michael Maynard from Norths was was pretty pretty uh, tidy on on the dance floor. Thought he was Michael Jackson, <laughs> not Michael Maynard. A reasonable um, too, you, actually. <laughs> and if you see young pictures of Ducko, um, he, he's like a whippet and 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 loved you know Michael Jackson type stuff. He had the, the afro hair and uh, you know 
the good rig. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's gone. It's gone downhill a bit these days. But uh, yeah, no. Then in the in the Queensland team. Oh God, we, you know we weren't terribly loose, but um, uh, you know Glenn Trimble was probably a bit of a leader in, yeah. on those on those social fronts, yep. and and then in the Australian side uh, it'd be, be me, me really? and uh, Michael Slater, and we'd make sure that things were were being organised for everyone to have a good time, you know, and yeah. and, and then right. we had a we had a crew of very good followers, put it that way. Okay, so I always looked at someone like a Merv Hughes and thought that bloke would be unbelievable to play with. Yeah, he was, and he, 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 good call. Um, so he, he'd be the ringleader once you once you worked out for him where he's going for the night. Oh, you know? right, okay, okay, um, but but yeah, he'd he'd play hard, and uh, you know, if, if it was a quiet night, he'd stand in the corner and tell you two hundred jokes in a row. And and Warney or one of the other Victorians just feeding him. Oh, what about what about? And off he'd go. He could <laughs> he could do three hours of comedy, no problems at all. That's um, okay. and and then if it was a Corona night, he could nail two of those at a time. Yep. So uh, yeah, but we, we yeah, I, I think Merv was the biggest larrikin we had. Yep. Uh, extremely dedicated to his role as well on the field. He had the greatest ability to play with pain and play injured and still get his job done that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, brilliant, brilliant teammate. So he made – he took about the same number of wickets as Tomo in the same number of games, Jeff Thompson, and made a 1,000 runs as well. So he was – he's valuable. He wasn't just a larrikin. He was hard work to play against. That's class. He also reminds me though that Norths have obviously been pretty good for about the last 50 years because what you're talking about always being in the semi-finals and finals is still pretty much them today, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a proud club. I think we've got it on our kit at the moment. We established in 1927, I reckon. So, um, yeah, I mean, all clubs go through some uh, lack of effort type eras and lack of player type eras and lack of talent and, and then you get your juniors going again and you really get out there and build something which takes time and then you have a successful run and then it's very difficult to keep that going in, in a volunteer sport. So, so yeah, Norths have been very proud at, at what they try to achieve. Whether it gets done each year isn't as as, as important as the effort that goes into it and uh, we're, we're about to get a, a, a wonderful facelift. I don't know whether you've yeah. seen it out there no, at all. We haven't seen it yet. It's unbelievable. So I think uh, I've just got an invite today to get there for November 30. A bit of a tour of the facility. All our three grounds, oh, two of the three have been resurfaced totally. The, the main ground just got irrigation and um, drainage put into the into the outfield. New wicket blocks on the back two grounds, lights on all three. There's a turf wicket bank. I, I don't think that'll be for Norse really. It'd be more for Queensland Cricket Overflow and yeah. and Cricket Australia. And I think our artificial nets are getting redone as well, so that that's more for North, but yeah. and a pavilion and uh, dressing rooms, you know. So it's been, it's been. You know, I've been quite critical of North that for the last twenty years we haven't, you know, got uh, better than those dungers we've been coming out of. Yeah, um, dressing room. That's, that is one thing but, that's mentioned most games here. Yeah, it might have been a blessing in disguise. You know, <laughs> we had a wonderful canvas for someone for Cricket Australia and Queensland Cricket to come in 
and put the pavilion and the dressing rooms up that we needed, but also get three really great grounds very close to Allen Border Field that that uh, they can use as well. So it might have been a blessing in disguise, but I'm pretty sure we're still a little bit slack in, in getting a dressing room uh, built before now. <laughs> no, because we were, we were worried at one stage that you might turn us down here was after um, that we might not be able to get you on the podcast sort of one of your conditions was that North won the one day final obviously last Sunday which I know you're a bit you're a bit a bit angsty about that's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> no at one stage he was you sort of walked around the boundary when I was fielding which is not usually a position I find myself in and yelled out and I'd just dropped a catch I thought I was getting like heckled from the crowd <laughs> just, and you were like Lee are you any good at this and I was like what fielding oh. no I've already spilt two <laughs> No, I hadn't seen. I didn't know that was you at the mid-wicket on the other side that dropped that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I had no idea that that you were in the middle of a frenzy, a mental frenzy. <laughs> oh, I was, yeah, um, I was, I was because I, I can imagine how hard that is, and you think, oh, I wish the ball doesn't come to me. Yeah. Um, so no, I was just sitting in the shade. That's where the family was at that stage, and then we were actually moving around to go to in front of the pavilions, which was then in the shade. So no, it was a good, a great day's play. I think I think Norths achieved what they thought was going to be enough, so they they were happy with their batting, and then new blokes just nailed it. You know, to have to have Jimmy and Manus out for about yeah. ten, so they had two for ten, and for Malenko to play like he played, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Do you think he might get in the heat side? Have, well, have they mentioned that at all? Well, it's obviously been mentioned plenty of times around. Our like around our club, we're sort of like well, mm. you you would have to look at him. But as far as he's let us know, there's been sort of nothing, nothing formal uh, put to him or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah. If I was another, well, I'm franchise, the chairman. Oh, you are. <laughs> but but I, I sort of stay out of. I'm not yeah. really a, the full on chairman. But no. but uh, I, and we've got one one spot local remaining, spot yeah. left, haven't yeah. we? Yeah, that's what so, I. That's the impression we'll, I'm under. Whether we're going to go with an out and out bowler or more like an all rounder, um, so but that that was serious hitting eighty one off thirty eight, yeah. and then you played really well. What, what position in the field was out of the circle? Was it long off? Long off, that, yeah, long off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so oh, who yeah. was it? Uh, so that I can was, bag him. It was Sam Hill, but apparently oh. told by Joe Burns to go back. Uh, so, forgot the rules. Forgot the rules. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's the, that was the chat in the dressing room when we had beers after the game, which the fingers were being firmly pointed at Joe Burns. <laughs> All right. Oh, well. So you can, uh, you can nah, pass that a, one on here. It was a very impressive day's play, really. Nah, yeah. thanks, mate. Appreciate it. That was, it was, yeah, Malenko, unbelievable. I mean, you come out at two for 12. If I had to come out at two for 12, I would have just tried to knock it out. We probably would have needed yeah. to go. 15s for the last 10 overs. So to see someone bat like that at two for 12 is ridiculous. Yeah, great learning experience for Connor Sully and our young quicks. Mm-hmm. They, they just kept trying to bang it in faster, didn't they? Yeah, and Malenko right. hit it further. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah. so they needed either grill balls, you know, bounce straight at the grill because yeah. he was going to swing, yeah. or maybe slower balls, but have they got the confidence at 18 to, to produce that under pressure? It was great learning experience to – for them to know what they can come up against. Yeah. Well, Hills, uh, you've been very generous with your time, mate. I know you've got some uh, dinner to go and eat, so we thank you so much for uh, agreeing to have a chat with us. You're welcome, fellas. Um, nice to catch up with you, Mitch. And, uh, Reno, <laughs> no problems at all. Yeah, very glad, good luck really, with it. Really glad that you were uh, able to bury that hatchet, yeah, and we've, we've both it. jumped straight on your side, Hills, so you're just arguing. <laughs> yeah. Great, yeah, great tough, case. Tough, 
Toughen up, Mitch. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm working on it, mate. <laughs> See you, boys. See you, mate. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, mate. Now, that was pretty good, I thought, Skinnell. Uh, now, there's probably just one man that we want to check in with quickly, and that would be Sam Hazlitt, just to make sure. I mean, he couldn't hear anything, but it's probably just worth checking in with him just for the summary. Yeah, good idea. Weird without him here, isn't it? It has been weird, but that was a lovely chat, though, I thought. True. Hello. Hazel, it's Lee here. How you doing, mate? From the We Got the Chocolates podcast. You heard of it? <laughs> yeah, I might have heard of that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. What are you doing, mate? We just wrapped up our uh, our chat with uh, Ian Healy, so we thought we might get you on the line to help us just finish off the episode. Oh, perfect. Well, I thought it was my day off, so wasn't really yeah. expecting this, but, you know, um, thanks, yeah. for, thanks for getting me involved. Rostered day off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah. Um, no, how did you guys go? Did you manage to uh, do okay without your most important man there? Yeah, I mean, it did feel weird, and uh, I think Heels was a little bit deflated that you weren't part of it. But um, Forced but, me to increase my word count. That hurt. Yeah, that's right. But, no, it was. Uh, it actually went quite well, I believe. So you probably won't get best on ground this week, has it's the only thing. <laughs> it is a shame, it is a shame, but I'm looking forward to listening to it. This one, I'm, I'm going to have a surprise. To yeah, that's right. It. So, It'll be the first one you've listened to that you weren't there live for. Perfect. Since, right, well, since like episode six or seven. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Um, well, guys, that is indeed all that we have time for on podcast episode 64, I believe it is, uh, chat with Ian Healy. And we would love you to get in touch with us, guys, and there is a platform that you can go to where all of that becomes quite easy for you isn't that Skinner? yep that's the website we got the chocolates.com.au you can jump on there and fill out a form to send us an email or you can find links to all our social media facebook instagram youtube twitter etc so please do that get on there and let us know if there's anything you want to hear about communicate with us on the socials uh fantastic that has been really good uh has is there anything else that we implore people to do uh, look, give us a rating and review if you can. If you if you like the episode, I'll I'll uh, be the judge of that. When I listen, I might do the same myself. Yeah, Hans, you might be able to give this one a five star rating and a review, which just helps us climb up the charts there, which would be much appreciated, guys. We are looking forward to making another one for you. Obviously, episode sixty five that will be, and we'll be back with you Thursday next week. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.